Welcome to How the Guest Was One, Tales from the Trails for Vacation Rental Pioneers. This is your host, Andy Medic, CEO of Stay Attention, former CEO of my own vacation rental management company, Sea Change Vacation Rentals, and most importantly, guest. To thrive as an operator in the wild west of today's vacation rental industry, you must get focused and clear on your brand and revenue strategy. In this podcast, through stories from our businesses and our experience as guests, we'll explore the concepts, challenges, and common obstacles encountered while building vacation rental hospitality brands, regardless of scale. Vacation Home Pioneers, bring your voices, your stories, and join me on the trails as together we tell the true story of how the guest was won. Here we go again. Welcome to episode two. On this episode, we're going to explore navigating and serving two clients, two industries, two products, and even two names for our jobs. How to unite seemingly disparate needs into one common purpose in a world of twos. We're calling this episode, Misnomer Comes to Stay, Head Tapping and Belly Rubbing in a World of Twos. How does this affect brand strategy and revenue strategy? Well, tune in and we shall see. Before we get started, a reminder, if you've not already listened to all your episodes, including our preview episode, I urge you to go back and listen since our seasons run as a complete series, and I would be very sad for you to miss out. We covered a lot of ground on the trail in episode one, so for today, let's circle the wagons, rest up, and gather around our campfire to chat about what surely is one of the most exhausting aspects of operating a vacation rental business, living in a world of twos where we navigate and serve two sets of clients, two industries, two products, and even have two names for our jobs. <sighs> How then do we unite seemingly disparate needs or goals into one common purpose in such a world of twos? A quick editorial note before we continue. As you listen to this episode and ruminate on the topics we discuss, please remember never to assume an audience. This is a complicated, multifaceted industry. It is perfectly feasible that we can span several roles. We can be a property owner, an investor, a guest, an operator, a vendor partner, or all of the above. Remember this in your messaging and tone, because when all business is concluded... It's how we make people feel, not what we do for them, that gets remembered. Oh, yeah. Please do not misunderstand the nuance in my argument in today's episode. I'm not saying that guests are more important than property owners to our businesses. We need both. Without the property, we would have no product to place guests in. Without the guest, we would have no consumer to deliver revenue back to the property owner. It is our job, the job of our hospitality brands, to connect product with consumer, and broker that experience. When you feel you're in a catch-22, having to choose one client need over another, don't. Instead, find a way of connecting two seemingly conflicting goals under one common purpose. That 
is the subtlety in my point. Alrighty, let's get into it. Remember that game we used to play as kids? You know, the head tap, belly rub thing. We try to tap our heads and rub our bellies at the same time. In one of my more sadistic phases, running running my own vacation home management company, I considered asking job candidates to show me if they could do this. (laughs) Not to humiliate them. No, that would be inhumane and quite possibly on shaky legal grounds. I wanted to prove a point of what it can feel like in a small to medium-sized vacation home management company where structure and process can be a fluid, relative concept as new opportunities arise and priorities shift. That might sound like a long-winded way of referring to a startup company, but really, if you haven't gotten organized, the length of time you've been in business, well, it's irrelevant. Ultimately, I decided it wise not to ask job candidates to do this head-tap, belly-rub thing, but the image never left my head until I really got my business stabilized and we all got focused in one strategic direction. If you're self-managing your own properties and not currently managing properties on behalf of the owners, please do not tune out of this episode. You might not yet relate to the idea of serving two sets of clients, but you surely will relate to the challenges of navigating two industry verticals, real estate and hospitality. Back to our visual head tap belly rub thing. Trying to serve two client sets and or operate in two industry verticals with different wants, needs and priorities can feel like trying to tap one's head and rub one's belly at the same time. Another analogy could be trying to keep plates spinning on poles, but I think that one doesn't really address the concept of duality that I'm trying to convey. When running my own vacation home management company, I was consistent in the messaging that I developed to quickly set our brand positioning regardless of the context. I used it for our About Us and List With Us website copy, our social media, my two-minute elevator introduction, wedding guest intro, listing appointment and industry conference dining table intro, and so on. Part of that messaging, the brand positioning, was the statement that my company lived at the intersection of real estate and hospitality. I came up with that statement. Others are now also using it. How flattering. That simple statement that we exist at the intersection of real estate and hospitality, well, that implied that we had figured out how to navigate the world of twos that I keep referring to. In other words, when you're faced with a head-tap, belly-rubbing kind of environment with no one clear identifiable client and industry vertical, How do you make everybody happy? The answer was in our expanded positioning and brand strategy. In short, you can't keep everybody happy at the same time. You can't be all things to all people. I think it's okay to have slightly different goals if you can find a way of uniting separate goals under one common purpose. Remember, as the connector of property to consumer, owner to guest, It's our job to broker a bridge between two industry verticals, real estate and hospitality, based on that one common purpose. 
In my business, I operated with the belief that to try and extract and separate two sets of needs to serve two sets of clients is a Sisyphean task. I look for a way to unite these diverse needs into one common purpose. I did this by positioning the guest as the driver of our vacation home management company. You want big rewards? You got to take a big risk. Ooh, scary, right? Well, you know, it's a risky move suggesting to a property owner that you think the guest is more important than them. That is most certainly not the case. That's not my point. Don't make your owner or the guest compete for your attention and gratitude. For our brand strategy, I simply positioned an adage or truth in hospitality. Guest needs come first. In other words, have every aspect of your business including how you communicate with your property owners, have it be designed to meet the needs of the guest. In return, the guest will reward a great guest experience with their business and payment. You will deliver more money from happier guests to more owners. Happy guest, happy owner, happy guest, happy life. Indeed. More owners, Andy? Is that really true? That happy guest, happy owner statement is another that I created that others are now using. Trust me, you know you're onto something when others copy you. And you know, it's okay if they do copy you. Unless they share your particular why, their business will not share your brand identity and you still own your positioning, which is your unique identifier. More on brand identity and brand strategy in a future episode. For now, I just wanted to say that what we're really talking about are requirements for how your company works. It feeds into the why, the what, the who, and the how. All essential parts of building an intentional brand strategy to give you a competitive edge. This is so important, you should question everything, including what I'm saying. So, more owners, Andy? Is that really true? Well, yes and no. When you're this clear in your positioning, your requirements for your brand of hospitality management, you're going to attract the type of property owners that gravitate towards your message. In the process, you're also going to dissuade those property owners that do not agree with you. And that's okay. You can't be all things to all people. The reality is that there are two clients in this business, the property owner and the guest, The property owner may very well be you if you self-manage your own property. It's the same argument, but it's easier to address. So stay with me, self-managers. You're part of this industry too. Just please run a professional business, even if it's a business of one property. The guest experience is not predicated on the number of properties that someone manages. The guest experience is predicated on how well the booking the stay, and the post-stay experience facilitated the guest's vacation needs. Gee whiz! So it helps to give an example. I saw it today in a Facebook OTA group for independent managers and hosts. Someone had posted photos of their newly set-up property ahead of taking their first guest. Their stated niche is large family groups. They had set up the property with a sleep capacity of 20 I personally can't imagine going on vacation with 19 other people all in the same property. But hey, that makes it easier to filter me out of your niche target client. So have at it. Niche away. The 
person posting the photographs was asking for feedback. Since there was no link to the listing itself, and hence no listing copy to look at, all I had available were the photographs. So from the photographs, I could see it's a beautiful property. They got so much right with occupancy and the setup. The dining and the seating were appropriate for 20 guests. The amenities were all great with some adjustments for safety. But that's not what I looked at at first. Right away, I drilled down to the bedrooms and the bathrooms. From what I could tell, this property is a four-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bathroom home, albeit large square footage. How can you fit 20 guests into just four bedrooms and two-and-a-half bathrooms? Well, I think you're probably ahead of me on this. You guessed it. Dormitory-style bedrooms. Other than the master bedroom, the remaining bedrooms had multiple beds, including one bedroom with five sets of built-in bunk beds. I look at these photos and I see kids camp as their niche. I don't know the full story for my example property. As I said, all I had to go on were the photographs. The photographs did imply a remote rural location in Lake Country somewhere. That, together with the way the owner had set up the property, including enough outbuilding for horses, well, that implies kids' camp to me as their niche. That's a very specific niche with some additional safety and liability concerns when taking paying guests. The photos do not imply multifamily groups with more than one couple, each with their own set of kids, as this vacation home niche. Equally, I don't see groups of adults being attracted to this property. If you were called to represent this property, what would you advise the owner? How would you phrase your advice so as not to offend the owner? If you and your property owner are not aligned with the purpose of the property, as determined by the type of guest it will attract, how are you going to deliver revenue to make the owner happy? Let's park the brand strategy conversation for now and return to our World of Twos conversation. Are you a property manager or a vacation rental manager? Here's another set of twos to add to our world of twos. Often you'll hear vacation home management companies referred to as property managers or property management companies. You'll also hear the term vacation rental managers used interchangeably with a term that I personally dislike, short-term rental managers. So why do I dislike short-term rental managers specifically? It's not just because it breaks my world of twos analogy, turning it into a more heinous world of threes. No, no, no. It's because of the following. It focuses on one side of the equation only, the real estate investment or the supply side. It speaks nothing of the hospitality or the demand side. It's purely owner-investor facing and ignores the guest. As a licensed realtor, and an operator in a state that requires a real estate license to manage another's property, here's a point missed by those who do not live in an area that does require a real estate license. Real estate code is written essentially for residential long-term rentals through landlord-tenant language. The code sets little, if any, guidance and operating standards for short-term vacation rentals with guest-relevant language. This causes a misunderstanding of short-term vacation rentals and a muddling in with residential real estate 
that has nothing to do with guest needs or protecting guests from unscrupulous operators. Of course, this is my opinion. I'm not a real estate attorney, and I recommend that you consult a licensed real estate attorney and licensed real estate agent in your particular area. So what is it then that we do in our jobs? Do we manage a property or a vacation booking? Is it both? The lack of one clear term to define what we do is another sign to me of a muddled understanding of the true end consumer of the vacation home management company's product, and that is the guest. Remember them? They're the source of all of our incomes. That's what I'm talking about. The vacation rental industry. Two products sold to two client sets straddling two industries with two names for our jobs. Yay! Consider your mind blown. The vacation home management company sells two products to two customer sets straddling two industries with two job titles. I'm laughing as I say this because it's so multi-layered, it's no wonder that the quality of the vacation rental product is so variable, and the vacation rental industry is notoriously difficult to operate in and to regulate. So two vacation rental products. Firstly, the vacation rental property, and secondly, management services at the property level. Two vacation rental clients. Firstly, the vacation rental property owner, and secondly, the vacation rental guest. Two industries. Firstly, real estate. Secondly, hospitality. Two names for our jobs. Firstly, property manager. Secondly, vacation rental manager. And of course, I list those in no particular order of importance. Here comes another complication. Real estate licensing. Oh, oh. As I alluded to earlier, this is another can of worms. In most U.S. states, a property manager is required to hold a real estate license since negotiating contracts and pricing for a property that you do not personally own is considered real estate activity. Revenue managers out there, wake up here. I'm about to talk to you guys. Come out with your hands up! Revenue managers, are you paying attention? Are you changing the rate pricing at your company's managed properties? Do you need a real estate license in each state you operate in to do your job? Are you sure? Stop right now. Call a real estate attorney for each location that you manage properties in and get an official read on your state real estate code relative to change in pricing on properties that you manage. Well, doesn't that add more complexity on top of complexity? A Jenga-like tower of complexity. While we're on the subject of real estate, do you do long-term and short-term rentals? As I referenced earlier in Delaware, where my own vacation home management company was located, there's very little in our real estate code regarding rentals at all. What is in the Delaware code is mainly aimed at long-term rentals, however. There's very little, if anything, that's helpful or relevant to those agents that are doing short-term rentals. I decided in the position of my own vacation home management company to focus on short-term over long-term rentals. I would help property owners quietly find a tenant, then help them set up and negotiate a lease, even help the owner with getting a property tenant ready. 
I would not manage the property or the tenant, however. I had the tenant sign a lease directly with the property owner and have the property owner manage the tenant for the lifetime of the lease. I was not involved with the tenant once the lease was signed. I charged the property owner one month's rent as a fee for my services. I did not market these services through our book direct website. Be careful with mixed messaging. The needs of a long-term tenant are very different to a short-term guest. And this is why I never like using the word renter to refer to a guest or the phrase short-term rental to describe our product. While I prefer not to use the word rentals in any branding for what we do, I will compromise if the term is vacation rentals. And, and why? I covered this earlier. Using the word vacation connects the product and services with the end consumer, the guest. It speaks to the guest needs for hospitality and travel, not the real estate needs of the owner and or the manager. So I'm going to make an argument in support of vacation home management companies being included in the travel industry. But first, let's take stock of where we are. You know, I have to say it again. I am not a licensed real estate attorney or a licensed attorney of any flavor. So I am not giving you guys legal advice or even real estate advice for the particular area that you are operating in. Always consult a qualified attorney for your area and work with a licensed real estate agent if your state requires it. That being said, let's get back to our um, action here. The Vacation Home Management Company is not just a property manager since they're also involved in services and support of the end consumer of the vacation rental product, the guest. The Vacation Home Management Company is not just a vacation rental manager since they're also charged with coordinating work at the property on the owner's behalf, emergency and routine maintenance, for example. Without the admission and inclusion of guest services in your vacation rental business, you do not own a vacation rental brand. You own a commodity vacation rental product. And I'm going to go further in my argument here. I firmly believe that to fully position a vacation rental brand in the mind of your end consumer, the guest, a vacation home management company is involved not just in providing hospitality to the guest, but also in helping the guest plan and execute their vacation. If you don't accept my argument, then you do not provide a travel product. You provide a real estate commodity product. Hold it right there! Wait a minute, Andy. No story this episode? Oh, go on then. Just the one. It's your normal hot, humid summer afternoon in a vacation home management company office in coastal Delaware. Not just any office, it's my office at Sea Change Vacation Rentals. At this point, I've not yet been able to hire the right fit for a GM, general manager. So, true to form, I'm the GM, I'm subbing in, and I'm prepping for the Saturday turnover rundown meeting that's ahead of us all, hopefully getting to leave at 5pm today. One of the items I highlight in my turnover report is property owner arrivals and departures, you see, at this point in my business development, we were treating property owner turnovers separately to regular guest turnovers. We were still running around resetting properties to owner preferences for owner arrivals, then putting the properties back 
to how they normally appeared and functioned for regular guest stays once the owner had left. So I finish up my report, I assign the property owner turnovers to myself, and I head out of the door on time. All business as usual. 5 p.m. on the dot. We're in good shape for turnover day tomorrow, I think to myself. Ready, set, go! But this Saturday, the turnover day was set to be different. Not exactly a last straw, more of a reset moment. I had on schedule only three owner turnovers out of roughly 70 properties that we had under management at the time. Not a huge workload for me. I could easily cover it and do my usual random spot checks, checking on my property inspector supervisors to see if they were catching everything that they should be. Two out of the three owner arrivals went without a hitch. Well, kind of. One of the two owners had parked outside the property, blocking the driveway, causing a panic call to the office since the housekeeping team couldn't park. My office manager dealt with that in their stride. Next, this owner wanted to stay in the property while it was being cleaned. Another call from the housekeeping team, because, well, to be fair, it's hard to clean the property when someone is in there using it. Again, crisis averted, I went on to the third property. I did my usual routine, ensuring I coordinated with our office and was the last person at the property before the owner was called to give them an early check-in. I did my normal white glove inspection, corrected a few minor issues, located the owner's cut glass ornament collection from the closet we stored it in while regular guests were staying, made sure the cut glass ornament collection, furniture, and other items were all where the owner preferred, the beds looked like the best hotel arrival, and so on. I left happy. But I'm sure you're thinking, and what came next? On my way home an hour later, I got a call from an angry property owner, owner number three of my otherwise easy shift. The call came direct to my personal cell, bypassing the office. Major red flag. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. What was the owner unhappy about? In my diligence to correct a few minor inspection issues and hand vacuuming every single carpeted step on all three levels of the interior staircase, I had innocently reverted to part of our regular guest arrival script. Well, all that sounds great, right? So what set the owner off? I had left the AC on 72 Fahrenheit, ceiling fans on in every room, and, as per normal, per script, enough ambient lighting on so that if a guest arrived late, they would not be stumbling around an unfamiliar property in the dark trying to locate light switches. The owner was furious. After I had gone over the property until it was perfect, the owner's rage stung. I remember the training we gave our staff. Stop. Breathe. Smile. Don't take anything personally. Calmly seek verification on the issue to ensure that you're both on the same page. The owner considered it a waste of their electricity to have their utilities wantonly run in during an unknown period waiting on guest arrival. Their arrival in this case. In future, this was not to happen. What did they hire us for? Did we not care about their costs? 
So what do we learn from this story? The penny finally dropped for me. Having two sets of turnover procedures, one for property owner preference, then another more practical one for guest experience, well, this was doubling our workload. And as I found out, you just can't keep two sets of clients happy working in this way. You can't. By the time our next season rolled around, I had this misalignment corrected. I also had a new GM in place, which made a big difference to my workload, freeing me up to focus on strategic issues such as this. We worked as a team to completely redesign our turnover process to streamline into one cohesive set of systems. We got existing owners on board and new owners up to speed as we introduced them to our new way of working. This approach did require a little compromise for second home property owner types versus absentee investment property owner types. If we hit an owner who blocked their property for extended periods off-season, we would work with them to reset a property ahead of handing the property back to them for their extended stay. We did the reverse when the owner handed the property back to us to prepare for guest use. The challenge for me was in the reorientation of existing property owner clients who had been used to something quite different. I wish I could say that this was as simple as flipping a switch. We woke up one day and all property owners were happy to focus on a common purpose aligned with the guest needs. But, you know, it, in reality, it took a while. Some new owners never really came around to the idea that their properties were not 100% theirs if making available to paying guests. Better to have your brand identity known and understood by clients since the alternative is continued friction and mismatched expectations. I think what I really understood from this experience is that when you're already knowingly working in a world of twos, don't further complicate the situation by adding more twos. It's at this point in our episode that I always like to introduce the villain of our overall episode story. I'm a big fan of making a villain an attitude, not any one person. Who or what do you think is the villain in today's episode? (laughs) I think the villain is fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of upsetting a client by misunderstanding and or miscommunicating their needs. Be careful here, though. Any suggestion to your property owner client that their needs are not the most important to your business? Well, that's likely to get you in trouble. And in turn, the finger will then point at you as the villain. You need to handle this delicately since your business is as dependent on your property owner trusting you with their property as the end consumer, the guest, trusts you with their vacation. You need to be careful that you do not misunderstand and misappropriate the nuances in this argument. And I'm going to come back to this in a future episode. I think that to be able to operate in a head tap, belly rub world of twos, we need to unite all of the goals of the twos together into one common focused purpose, meeting the needs of the guest. Our jobs do not begin and end with property management, marketing vacation home listings, providing owner and guest services. Our jobs are not centered around an either or client set. Our jobs center around helping guests plan and execute their vacations, brokering the connection between supply, owner, investor, real estate, and demand, 
guests' hospitality. In this light, I suggest an alternative name for our jobs and the industry that we exist in. I suggest vacation home managers in the travel industry, and for those who assist guests in making reservations, vacation planners, or vacation home travel agents. Instead of having to kick any of our siblings off the island, real estate, hospitality, property owners, investors, or guests, can't we all just get along? Let's unite into one description for what we do in one industry and share the prize money. At the very least, let's get our businesses focused on one common purpose, meeting the needs of the guest. Why is my idea so controversial? You tell me. And that's our cue to wrap up another episode of How the Guest Was Won, Tales from the Trails for Vacation Rental Pioneers. What did we learn from our chat today? And what questions have we raised for further discussion? Well, firstly, I cautioned against misunderstanding the nuance in my argument, so we do not communicate to the property owner or investor that they are any less important to our businesses than the guest. Secondly, I pleaded with all those self-managing one property that they personally own, to stay with us. Our podcast topics apply to all scales of professional management, one to many, self to others. Next, I covered an example from a self-manager in a Facebook OTA group. Then I chatted about all the components that make up our world of twos. Lastly, we ended with a reminder that as managers, we are the connectors of the property. We connect owner to guest. More of that in a future episode. In closing, have we sufficiently covered why solving World of Two's dilemma is so important to brand strategy and revenue strategy? Well, what do you think? Here's a hint to the answer to that question. Focus. Up next on episode three, we're going to be lacing up our gloves for a high-stakes match. Product versus brand, a major league event. Are you providing a product or do you have a hospitality brand? I'll explain the difference between the two and ask questions for pioneers to ponder as we wander in our own businesses. And that is the sound of another campfire connection coming to an end. I always like to close with a pun in case we got a little too serious with our conversation. So, sun's out, pun's out, here we go. (laughs) Question. Where's the safest place to hide a body? Answer. The second page of Google results. Until next time, happy trails. If your brand resonates with this podcast and you would like to sponsor this podcast, please get in touch with me through our website, stayattention.com forward slash podcast.
If you have an episode topic or a story just bursting to be told, also get in touch with me through our website, stayattention.com forward slash podcast.